This is Tyler Lockett, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, our fellow co-founder over at RosterWatch.com. His name is Byron Lambert. We're going to be going over the cheat sheet right now, version 2.2 of the PPR cheat sheet as we prepare to drop the standard and half-point PPR and the Superflex cheat sheets here as we head into the month of August. Byron, what the hell is going on, brother? Oh man, just staying on task, getting fired up for these training camp credentials, and I think I have a a live show. I don't think, I know I have a live show I'm doing with John Hansen on Thursday morning that I've uh, gotten a call from the bat phone here for, (laughs) uh, uh, that I'll be participating in on SiriusXM, so you guys can tune in uh, 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Radio Fantasy Sports if you want to hear me and Hanson, and uh, otherwise soon we'll have a grip on what the training camp tour is shaking out like. It's tough, Alex, because this is a year where there's so many camps I'd like to go to because there's so many narratives, you know, really East Coast, West Coast, up and down uh, the gut of the country. And it'll be interesting kind of um, seeing what, what credentials come in and trying to prioritize through those and make the best of it. So no more about that soon. And for now, man, I've just been having fun running mocks with the – PPR cheat sheet. You guys have done a great job with that. It's super dialed in, and I was pretty excited about uh, some of the recent drafts I had, and thought that would be a good way to uh, have some talking points for this pod today. As long as we're talking about the radio shows, just another reminder on SiriusXM, you can listen back to any you missed in the SXM app. Um, but so this weekend coming up Saturday, I'll be on from nine to eleven a.m. Eastern to have the Roster Watch show. We'll have special guests. On Sunday and Monday until Byron gets back on uh, to the every week schedule uh, is starting in August with the training camp tour and everything like that. Um, but then after this weekend, so this weekend, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday and 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Moving forward from there, it'll be every Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. And we'll, of course, have announcements for what happens in season after that. But happy to be back on the airwaves there at SiriusXM. Happy to be back on the podcast here with Byron. Let's just get into it, Byron. Oh, shit. Before we talk about that, we got to talk about Cam Akers, the news that just came down. Horrible news about Cam Akers. I mean, I I want to make sure that it's not just a – I mean, that isn't just some kind of fake Adam Schefter thing, right? We've been getting on we've, – we've been getting on here as the news broke. I mean, it felt like everybody was reacting to it in such a way to where it couldn't have been a fake, but you never – always want to always double-check – no, it's no, it's true. Tom Pelissero is tweeting about it too. Torn Achilles while training. I wonder if a week before training camp, I want, I hope for his sake that it wasn't something where he was training away from the facility or anything. You know, what are the rules? There's some rules with that, aren't there? Where they can, they can, they can hold hold money back from you if you get hurt training away from the facility. 
Yeah, the teams I think have a little bit of an out under certain I, circumstances. I, I'm not sure that they would want to use it on a, on a good young player like Cam Akers. But the fact of the matter is, behind him, this the depth chart there for the Rams absolutely sucks. Um, we're going to have to discuss, you know. So poor one out for Cam Akers. Clearly, he's off the sheet sheet now. While we were waiting, I. Uh, while we were waiting to come on, I, I've already updated the cheat sheets. So any simulations that we run will not have any cam makers on them. Um, clearly in dynasty, you know, you just hold, you're going to want to put them on your, put them on your injured reserve and just hope and pray that the Achilles monster doesn't, doesn't bite him. Like it's jumped up to bite so many of these other promising running back prospects early in their career. I mean, we're, we're looking down the barrel of a, of a Daryl Henderson situation here that I really think if we get out over our skis regarding, we could end up getting screwed whenever they bring in a veteran. Yeah. I mean, should we go ahead and be the first ones right here right now to announce the Adrian Peterson signing in Los (laughs) Angeles? I mean, I don't see how that doesn't happen at this point. It's a barren market. He's the only guy left out there. He's been speaking in recent days about, how he's ready to go and wants to get a 15th season in. I mean, hell, he was just with Stafford last year in Detroit. I think it makes perfect sense. And he still looks, uh, you know, pretty serviceable and would be like a good complimentary piece to Henderson. I don't know who the hell else they're going to bring in unless something happens with a Melvin Gordon or one of these other guys that's maybe a miscast character uh, at this point. Uh so, you know, I, I think that's what you're looking at. And to me, that shapes up pretty well for Daryl Henderson. I know he's not – look, he's never been a player we love. We weren't even that high on him in the draft process when he when he came out. Um, you know, that said, he's a solid player. He's kind of from that Memphis lineage. I think he flashed pretty well in year two when he got the opportunities last year. It's certainly been a little bit of a slow adaptation to the NFL form. I think a lot of times last year people were getting frustrated just – when he was just starting to look good, you know, McVeigh would play the shell game and pull him off at the goal line, or he wouldn't get the volume that yeah, it looked like he deserved based on maybe how he was breaking off runs early in games. So I don't hate it as much as you, Alex, but I think it's fair to be circumspect or pretty cautious about what we do here. Just, you know, based on what is Henderson's viability as a, as a workhorse bell cow in the first place, given what we know about them and what we've seen, what is the odds that they bring other veterans in? I think it's pretty high. Um, so you're right. I think we're going to see his ADP skyrocket. It'll be very curious to see how high it can go, probably to a point where we're going to maybe become a little nervous about it. But right now, if you told me I could get Daryl Henderson in the mid rounds of my draft, I'd be pretty stoked about that. What, what's the what's the pros list on him? I mean, what's the bull case on Daryl Henderson? The fact that he is two hundred pounds, he's two hundred eight pounds. I mean, he ran a four four nine. He comes from Memphis. Um, he's, he's pretty good on contact. We saw it some last year. The guy was a great receiver coming out of Memphis. I'd have to look at his receiving stats this last year. I know he wasn't utilized that that way as a rookie, but he really has very, very good hands and pass receiving ability. And we've seen that that's the type of player McVeigh likes to get involved. I mean, back when you think about like a girly or whatnot, I think he really can, can claim a pretty good role from the PPR, you know, aspect there. He's clearly the best receiving, but bringing Adrian Peterson, fine. He's still the best pass receiving back on that, on that team. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a pretty, he's look, he's, he's, he's a pretty sturdy you know, well-rounded running back. He doesn't thrill you in one area. Um, 
but I think he's all they got and he knows the system and he did flash some last year. And, and look, we always say we weren't real high on him coming out, but there were people we trust in the business that were, and I don't, I think they've mostly been proven to kind of come off kind of wrong at this, at this point. But, um, you know, that was only a few years ago that those were evaluations are made. And with these running backs, they really, really, you know, have to get the opportunities. I mean, be, be behind him now, we have Xavier Jones, who was a college free agent last year. Raymond Calais, who's been a, a a a taxi squad. You know, he's he's been a he's been a practice squad type of journeyman. Um, who else? I mean, they drafted Jake Funk this year in the seventh round. Maybe he's somebody that we could maybe get a look at. He's you know he 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 is a you know he's he's over two hundred pounds. There's some folks who really like him. And then they had the college free agent this year out of Central Florida, Otis Anderson, but he's a pint-sized little 5'10", low, low BMI, just in the kind of 170 to 180 range. We don't have the exact weight on him. Um, so, yeah, they need to bring in a runner. I, I mean, just, I could see him picking up Ito Smith. I think he's still out there and would actually be a decent fit in the scheme, but not a guy a, that would be a massive threat to, I think, Henderson at least early in the season. It's a blow to that offense, man. You know, to, to not have Cam Akers. He was looking so good to end last season. Yeah, it, it is, but it's probably good timing that they have Matt Stafford can run a maybe a little more pass heavy offense there. And you know, the other thing you ask about Daryl Henderson, Alex, it, is that he was always known as a big play guy. And remember when he came out of Memphis, what was he? He was eight and a half yards a a touch. I mean, it was something banana. It might've been eight yards of carry. I mean, it was, it was bananas and he always ripped off big runs. So I think with Matt Stafford and the way these guys play it, that, um, you know, they'll be leaning on him for some big play capability in the run game too. I just don't see anybody else that can offer that. Yeah. I was just going to look, I was just looking at his receiving from last year. I mean, he had a, he had one, four target game. Uh, that was one game where he actually got volume 15 attempts and four targets in that one. That was one of his bigger games because he had a, a receiving touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Um, other than that, you know, he only got more than 14 attempts last year. One, two, three, four, four times uh, in those four games. Only one of them did he not re- produce for you actually pretty well. It was the one at home versus Chicago where he was held scoreless and had his basically out of all those games – had his second lowest average yards per carry at 4.3 at Washington. He had 15, 15 attempts and only had a 2.5 average yards per rush, but he also had the three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown in that game, a, a rushing touchdown in that game as well, which sort of saved his bacon in a game where he was looking bad, but had a good game. The only, the only game last year where there was the good organic production, the good efficiency, and the good touchdown stuff was probably at Buffalo um, in a 32 to 35 loss where he had 20 attempts, three targets and one reception. He also had one touchdown in, in that game. So I, I do remember you saying before it started when he got volume last year, he was good. That's kind of true if you look at the 15 plus touch or the 14 plus touch kind of stuff. But in a couple of those games, he was saved by you know, he was saved by touchdowns. I do think he has room for more production in the receiving department he was good as a receiver coming out of memphis i think it's just been a slow acclimation for whatever reason i'll tell you the other thing here alex is that you know with mcveigh i think it's 
I mean, the fact is that he's going to get, he's going to get known volume. He is getting, that's been the main concern with any McVeigh situation is the known volume of the running backs. I don't see how you can argue against the concept that Daryl Henderson is, he's slated for known volume at this point this year. Known volume in the McVeigh offense. I, I kind of like that about a running back. I just, I don't know if it's going to, I don't know if he's going to stay. Look, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I just, I don't want to get out over my skis. I feel like there's going to be a free agent signing. We'll just see. And I think slating him in right now and around the seventh round, I think that that's fine. I think that that's the point where I look, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice my opportunity in the sixth round to get a Javante Williams or a Trey Sermon for Daryl Henderson. Do, can you at least agree with that? I, st- I still see a crowded backfield in San Francisco. And I'm a little bit of an Elijah Mitchell guy late. Now, I know that's maybe a little bit of a dynasty thing more than a redraft thing. But you still got Mostert there. Have you uh, seen the Have you seen the running back strength the schedule tool or the game script tool or the offensive line tool or just any Yeah, of all that must be shaping up really, really well for, for Sermon. I, it still seems a little crowded. I don't know. I mean, Mostert, don't you think Mostert gets touches out of the gate? I do, but I mean, you, you you have you have Matt Barrows at the Athletics saying the sources within the within the team say that they want to have 500 carries for their running backs next year. So even if I mean, uh, I just I think the trace I think the trace sermon is going to well, be a significant part of that. A lot of this will be contingent upon ADP. I mean, that's how these sheets are fluid, and I'll be in, very very interested to see what the absolute ceiling is on Henderson's ADP. I mean, if we'll see. I mean, it's going to change if, and when they sign a veteran through here, fantasy draft season, but let's pretend that they don't sign a veteran for a couple of weeks or closer to fantasy draft season. I won't be surprised if you see Henderson's ADP start to rise up into round three, round four. No oh God. <laughs> That's not happening around three ADP for Daryl Henderson. There's going to be folks out there thinking that he is the uncontested starting running back for the Rams with zero competition up until the point that they sign anybody else. You could get Cam Akers easily every time you wanted to at the one, two turn. And he's so much better of a prospect than, than Daryl Henderson. So I just, I don't think Daryl Henderson makes it to the, makes it to the third round. I just, I I just don't. I think four is, is in the picture. If you're saying that Cam Akers was a late round one pick. No, I'm saying you could take him at the one, two turn easily. He, He was a round two pick. Okay. A high round two, a center yeah. round one pick, a round one two turn pick, basically a late round one pick. So, I mean, if you if people were willing to assign that to him, I think there's going to be a lot of people say, well, next next man up. Well, it's not Acres. Well, ne- here's the new starting running back for the Rams. If I was willing to spend a one or two on the last starting running back for him, then why the hell wouldn't I spend a four or five, maybe even a three, you're going to get some aggressive people coming out. I'll be curious. Be very curious to see how high his ADP tracks. Not to say that, you know, we're on on par with that, but uh, I think it's going to be clearly that's like one of the most interesting stories in the NFL to watch at this point and maybe a reason to get out to Rams camp. All right. So um, I, I just tweeted everybody running out to pick up Daryl Henderson's about to get broadsided by Adrian Peterson. That's going about it. That's, that's getting the risk type responses you'd expect. Our guy Alan says Lowski with a good kind of tweet back. He says street agent free eight street free agents likely on speed dial would be Duke Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't know if uh, which offer roster, not much threat roster bubble players or Royce Freeman and Jordan Howard. 
trade candidates could be James Robinson, Sony Michelle, or Damian Williams. What, what what about James Robinson getting 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 traded? I don't see it. I, he said, "Why would they? They have that guy for cheap, and they need him. That's a young offense that needs to be run centric. He's a good complement to ETN. I don't see why you would. And I mean, and who's who's really going to give up some? Unless the Rams want to give up a lot for James Robinson, but it's just hard to believe that 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 would actually occur. I mean, look at this. So, I mean, we're getting live reactions here to this, Byron. You could shit. You could be right. We got this guy, Tyler Tyler Buker. Um, I guess he's with Fantasy Guru, or I don't even know what it is. Fantasy Guru or Guru Elite or what all that is. But he says Daryl Henderson was a 2019 third down round pick, and he just he, – he, he lists out the depth chart that we just talked about here. He said, workshopping where to rank Henderson now, the round two, three turn right after CEH feels about right to him. I'm telling you, dude. It's fucked up, man. There's gonna be I'm not some putting them up there. There's gonna be some first adopters that are less <laughs> risk averse than you are. Yeah. And, clearly. Um, they'll probably overpay because that's what first adopters do, but they'll feel like they're on the cutting edge. Oh, they, they could they could stay their ass on the cutting edge. Uh, there's absolutely no way that uh, that means he's taking that means he's taking Daryl Henderson over guys like over guys like Chris Carson and stuff. Well, let's talk he's about taking, Chris Carson. He's, he's, he's taking him two rounds. He's he's taking him two to two and a half rounds ahead of Travis Etienne. Let's talk about Chris Carson because Chris Carson is a guy that I see popping up in a lot of my simulations with the PPR draft cheat sheet and a, a good player that I'm happy to get. And it seems like I get him kind of in round three or four. Um, you know, that said, I was a little surprised we have him ranked over Mike Davis. Uh, primarily based on the depth charts there. I think you see Seattle, I think, has a little bit more of a robust depth chart than Atlanta, where it's kind of completely barren. And I like getting Carson. I just wonder, do I like him in round three, and do I like getting him all the time in a PPR format? You, you, you only get him all the time if he falls well into round four. You don't get him all the time. In but sometimes you get him in round three. You will sometimes get him in round three. Yeah, yeah, but you you won't you won't all you don't always get him in 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 round three. And I mean, I can understand. I mean, I can understand, you know. But if you just look at, I mean, I know he's just an unset. I, I know he's an unsexy pick, but when when whenever he's been healthy, I mean, you're not a fan of what he's been able to what 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 he's been able to do. If you just, I mean, if. I mean, I, I am a fan. I just wonder, I, mainly for me as a talking point, I was surprised that he, uh, I see, I think, is he over? I think it was, I think it was kind of like, I was looking at like Chris Carson, Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis and thinking to myself, man, Mike Davis with no Brian Hill, no Edo Smith. Mike Davis is kind old, of that group that broke down a bunch last year. The, the, the Rams offensive line is not going to be. The I don't know if the Rams offensive line has gotten worse and worse. We still don't know if guys like McGarry, if you know whether or not they're going to whether or not they're going to come on. I was doing that work. It looks like Jake Matthews has started to regress. They lost Alex Mack. I just I just I, I worry a little bit about Mike Davis. I worry about the overall potency of that of that run game. I guess maybe I shouldn't. Right, Arthur Smith is there. We saw what he, what he, how he would lean on a running back with. Derrick Henry before I just know with with Chris Carson the, all the running backs on that roster suck and Rashad Penny's coming off of another knee uh, an, another knee scope surgery they just paid Chris Carson um 
Shane Waldron comes in as the offensive coordinator. They're going to be a faster paced offense, more snaps, more plays. Even if they let Russ cook, I just, I, I like, I, I'd like the Seattle offense this year. And I think Chris Carson is just going to be an in, integral piece of it as long as he can stay healthy. So if you think he should be moved down to where we're, I mean, I'll be happy to move him down because we, yeah, we, we do get a, it's just, it feels like, man, if, if you can get Chris Carson at the three, four turn, when you're picking at the one, two turn, I just really like the availability to get at least one elite wide receiver there at the one, two turn, you know, and, and, and it's, it's instead of, you know, going two running backs there and, you know, wherever you get to the Chris Carson area, you know, having to take like a, you know, a, a two, you know, a two, at best a Terry McLaurin, but maybe an Allen Robinson or a Mike at one of the Tampa Bay guys, or, you know, maybe one of the Cowboys guys falls to you there. I, I kind of like getting a Tyree kill and a, you know, Eckler or something like that. And then pairing that up with a Chris Carson and a, you know, a Chris Carson and a CD lamb or like an Amari or something. Like yeah. That. I guess I kind of discovered surprisingly for myself, I I'm a, maybe a little bit more interested in Mike Davis than I would have ever expected based on the depth chart in Atlanta, which is just, I mean, it's abysmal behind him. It's Quadri Allison, Javion Hawkins, Cordero Patterson, Tony James Brooks and Caleb Huntley. I mean, none of these, and, and the way that they pursued Mike Davis in the off season. I mean, I, I really think, I just think he's their guy. So maybe, maybe it's just a better talking point, not so much of a knock on Chris Carson as I discovered. I'm a little more interested in Mike Davis than what I would have ever thought. I think and I was looking at that same group. I was, uh, you know, uh, also was examining Miles Gaskin, the depth chart there in Miami and kind of uh, have, you know, remembering that they did bring in Malcolm Brown. They've got Salvan Ahmad still in there. A couple guys like Laird and Scarlett further down the, dra- the the depth chart that aren't absolutely, you know, just, you know, totally pitiful, you know, RB, you know, depth guys on their depth chart there. And so I guess I, to me, I just started looking at that group. I started saying, you know what? Of those kind of guys in that area, I have some questions about Mike Davis had a little bit better depth chart and maybe, um, you know, just maybe there, it seems like their team, his seems like the Falcons are very kind of dedicated to Mike Davis this year. So I guess that's, those are kind of some thoughts I had there. And then, you know, the other thing was, you know, David Montgomery sure does seem like he's still a pretty good value at this point. When I look at the situation here on the sheet and the ADPs and what you're hearing come out of Chicago, and I've always been kind of a Montgomery guy anyways. The 2021 Roster Watch Cheat Sheet is available now at rosterwatch.com. The revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever is back only at rosterwatch.com. Winning fantasy players don't use outdated magazines or expensive draft software that's impossible to navigate. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. All you have to do is follow three simple rules. That's it. Three rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. An expert quality draft is guaranteed as long as you follow the rules. The three simple rules that a toddler could follow. This sheet is magical. It's mystical. It is mythical. It is the Roster Watch Cheat Sheet. Only at rosterwatch.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With David Montgomery's ADP is moving up as it is, 
So, I mean, if he needs to get moved up, if you like him more than Miles Sanders, I don't know. Do you like him more than Miles Sanders now that we're hearing all the news about uh, it looks like it looks like Tariq Cohen's knee? Um, when, when did he tear his ACL last year? Was that like week four or something? It's pretty, pretty yeah, it's early. Pretty early. Um, it's looking like he's not coming back too well from that. You know, I'm not, I, I, I don't know what Dr. Chow says or anything like that, but the reports from the mini camps are that he's still kind of, you know, he's moving more, he's moving kind of gingerly and stuff. It's kind of up in the air about how ready he's going to be to go. I mean, we're coming right into it. You know, very well, you know, we're, we're, we're about, we're about to be in training camp. So. Yeah. I might like Montgomery better than I may like him better than Sanders. I, I'm, I mean, I could argue for him over Sanders, Dobbins, Swift, and Carson, I think. Now, what is it? Do I definitely definitively like him over the – I mean, I think I like him more than Carson. I think I like him more than Dobbins just because I want Edwards later. I think I trust him more than Sanders. I mean, they've still got the, some of the same old characters on that running back depth chart in Philadelphia. I mean, just everything we're hearing about Montgomery coming out is that he's the guy. I think he's just kind of – taking that step forward and then you know for me i i think i i get a little more excited for some reason about david montgomery than chris carson i get the argument that you know you'd, you'd like to be tied to that to that seahawks offense so i you know it, I, I wouldn't i don't think i would go to war over that one and then uh you know i swift i like but i i think i like swift more than a lot of people this year but uh you know, I get the argument for I, I get the argument that some people think that I mean you're hearing things kind of come out that Swift may not get the total workload that uh, was insinuated earlier in the offseason. So I guess that's kind of it's an interesting group because I think it's definitely a, a drop off from David Montgomery to Josh Jacobs and ETN and some of these other guys uh, below him, Alex. So okay, how do you rank DeAndre Swift? David Montgomery, Chris Carson. I think it's that's a great that's a great great question. I I want to say I want to say Montgomery. I guess I want to say Montgomery Carson Swift. It's tough. Here's the thing. I really want to like Swift, but I get the hesitation with the Lions offense, right? So it's like I kind of want to like Swift more than Carson, but at the same time it's like do I want to just get in with the Seahawks offense and a proven commodity or take this leap of faith on Swift and a Lions offense that I'm not totally fond of? All right, so this is going to change up the sheet a little bit. I'm going to have to change some stuff if we're to run a Sam doing this. But do you – if you're – if you're picking at, let's say you're picking around the Jesus, well, this will be, this will be close to the three kind of the, so now we're talking David Montgomery as a late third. Let's say you're picking there and let's say you split your first two picks early on because the, if you're picking what late, if you're picking late third, early fourth, it means you picked late first, early second. So let's say you picked like the situation we said earlier, let's say you took like Eckler and Devontae Adams or something like that. Who do you pick if he comes up and your top two players are David Montgomery and AJ Brown? 
I think it's a great decision point. I would just pick based on need. You said my first two picks would have been who at that point, Alex? Eckler and Devontae Adams. So you get a two-way go. I think it's a it's a it's 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 the impossible decision, which means that it's dialed right in when you've got. What about Terry McLaurin? I think with Julio there, you got to like McLaurin a little bit. If you know, you got to want, you got to figure out how much you like Fitzpatrick and on the season. But if you're good with that, I think you like McLaurin more than AJ Brown. Chris Carson or Allen Robinson? I would take Chris Carson, but that's a good. That's probably a fair decision. DeAndre Swift or Amari Cooper? Does that feel about right? Yeah, that feels pretty good, man. All right. So then why don't you tell me your next thing? And while you're talking, I'm going to update this list (laughs) and see if I can get it updated in time to where we can just live, where we can sort of check this live. Because you know how this shit goes, Byron. Sometimes, sometimes if you try to. Yeah, you can't you can't just I mean, you got to test these things because the ADPs, they they matter with the way that this is designed. What's what people some people just don't understand is that this isn't a this is not a ranking sheet. This is a this is a swindly plan versus ADP. So let's see. Um, What is the next thing you're going to ask? And I'll get I'll start. Well, I like Stefan Diggs more than Tyreek Hill. Well, I just yeah, I mean the the ADPs aren't just just aren't going to allow that to happen. Speaking of that, okay. Well, for those who are listening, I like him more just based on the volume that he gets in that Bills. The volume of targets is is far superior to to Tyreek Hill, and we've also got interest in Nicole Hardman later, who we're getting quite a bit of on our simulations, and we like. Um, So. That was just a thought there. This with the Acres news has probably sorted itself out some. In PPR, I, I like Eckler more than – I liked him more than Acres and Chubb. I've, I've, I've moved – in version 2.2, I've already moved Eckler up ahead of – I've moved Eckler directly behind Jonathan Taylor. It, that's I think that's a good positioning for him. Um, these aren't really changes I would make, but I just uh, – observations I had when drafting is it appears – not that we're getting a whole lot of them, but just overall value. DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen look like pretty good values right now in drafts. Yeah. Just we're, based you on. You weren't getting a lot of DK Metcalf or you weren't getting a lot of Keenan Allen? Uh, not, no, but I, I observe that he's in a good spot and looks like a player that's a good value. So I'm assuming that if we run enough of these, that we're probably getting a decent amount of them. But I think Metcalf and Keenan Allen are two dudes that, at the wide receiver position, I look at this and I just say, man, those are, those are great, great picks. If you get into that, what is that? Probably a round two, three type turn there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pick one of those guys off. Oh yeah. You, yeah, man, you get Keenan. Yeah, we're, we're consistently getting Keenan Allen in the, in the third round of these deals. And it's just, it's just awesome. What, how are you on Metcalf? We're not getting as much Metcalf. I mean, if you th- if you want to start getting more Metcalf, we could flip those two, DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen. I mean that would go that would go with ADP. Would we get them both? If we could get a little bit of both that way, that'd yeah, probably be the I mean, preferred, we could, we could get preferred meth. You don't want to sleep on DK Metcalf going into year three. He okay. there, there's 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 not many freaks like that on just on the football field in the NFL. I mean, I it's it's. That yeah, guy could bust. No he could bust out for an all-time season at yeah. any point. It goes, you know it, what I mean? That goes. That it goes just fine with ADP. So I'll, I will flip-flop those two guys. I will get DK Metcalf above that, Keenan Allen. 
And that would, but that means, so if I get Metcalf above Keenan Allen, so it goes, yeah, Clyde, DK Metcalf. So it would be a Clyde Edwards, Elaire, DK Metcalf choice. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that sounds amazing. Okay. Speaking of Seahawks receivers, I was a little bit surprised. Look, and this is a young guy that we really like. So, look, I, one thing I noticed from running these mocks is we're getting a ton of Golden Suns, ton of the young guys that we absolutely love, that we know are studs with bright futures in good situations, players that we know more about than than anybody else, any of our counterparts in the industry. But I was a little surprised, Alex, to see Brandon Ayuk over Tyler Lockett, just given the given a few things, given the quarterback uncertainty in san francisco and also there i think there was a recent prop that came out on debo samuel that was pretty good in comparison to brandon Ayuk. um and and we're also getting a lot of the young receivers that we like later so i just had a couple of mocks that i thought were really good but i said to myself i have no problem I'm, moving tell Lockett above brandon Ayuk. i might have liked this a little better if i had Lockett over Ayuk and these mocks yep i have no problem with that so now i gotta change the list again so that uh, was Lockett up and Ayuk down so we'll just flip these two guys let me just get them done here so well that'll be a Mike Davis Tyler Lockett decision there at that point and I'll get I'll re-upload this all right fair what enough ab- I don't mind that at all what about a Kyler Murray exit point at uh fifth round the, at the cream hunt decision Oh, a Kyler yeah. Murray option. Oh, yeah, yeah. My decision point. There should certainly be there one there. So you want the Josh Allen stuff before? Okay, that's fine. I didn't want to be forced to take Cream Hunt over Kyler Murray, and no, I was coming no, away pretty you well. You shouldn't be. Um, the only reason I had that there was because of the Kyle Pitts decision, and that's fine with Kyler Murray. So that means on the Jesus, I got to do this again. So I go with Josh Allen. That means I got to move Josh Allen up one spot, which is fine. I love getting Josh Allen in these places anyway. Josh Allen goes up here where you'd have a decision with him or DJ Moore. And then, and that just seems like it even shouldn't be a decision anyway. And then um, Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt. And we'll get that done like that. Yeah, because, man, I'd be getting into that fifth round, Byron. And I've been like you. I don't want to if, – if, 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 if one of those guys is available, even Dak, you know, I kind of just want to – I kind of want to get one of those guys. So well, that's fine. That's a great uh, talking point. I noticed you have Dak over Lamar Jackson. I'm assuming – is that just based on how the statistics were unfolding last year before the Dak Prescott injury? Yeah. I mean, and just based on the – based on the – whenever we ran the, the projected play volume and the game script stuff, it's just – it's just sort of how it came up. I know some people are really, really high on Lamar, and I get it. But um, the uh, what do you like Lamar better than Dak? I mean, we have Lamar as our quarterback five. Dak is quarterback four. I think it's close enough that I don't know if I would invert ADPs on those guys. I I get the logic. I I feel like Lamar's pretty safe pick coming healthy with more receiving weapons and. All of that stuff. I get the argument both ways. I would probably play ADP. I guess what I'm saying, I wouldn't want to be totally out of the game on Lamar. I don't know, but it, the sheet may not be designed where we're getting either of those guys at that point. I mean, I was getting a lot of, of uh, like, I was getting like Tannehill and Jalen Hurts and a bunch of guys I like late. So I was 
I, I was really happy with the quarterbacks that the sheet was delivering to me, you know, later. So it may not be that we're getting that those guys anyways uh, around that Dak Lamar area, but based on ADP, I, I don't know what that is. I just wasn't sure if we wanted to be all the way. How about this? How about, Jack, well, so. how about this? If you, if you start getting down to like the Will Fuller in Miami and the DJ Chark in Jacksonville, would you want to be able to have a Lamar Jackson choice there? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, okay. I sure. Would. would you want a Lamar Jackson choice? Even, even with Trey Sermon and Jerry Judy. I love getting Jerry Judy in every draft possible. So, so I think talking- it's a it's a fair decision point. That's a fair decision point. I'd probably still take Judy there, but that's a it's a reasonable decision. What point about all right, Jackson? What about what about it, Ty- what about it, Tyler Boyd, Will Fuller, DJ Chark? One of those. Yeah, I would like a Lamar Jackson out there. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to move Lamar Jackson up and I'm not going to update this thing until we've talked it over again. Like I'm getting tired of uploading this. So Lamar Jackson, we'll move him up here on the semi. Yeah. I, I mean, I like that too. I, we were talking on the serious show about, you know, how you, you know, round five and six, if these guys are still hanging around, you kind of want to get some of these, some of these guys that can really help help you out with their legs. I just think Mahomes, Kyler, Lamar, those all three of those guys are big time in play for NFL MVP this year. Uh, speaking of Lamar, Alex, I mean, is Hollywood Brown too high on the sheet? Do we even want him this year? I don't want him, but I mean, he's he's below ADP on the sheet. Did you were you were, were you getting him? Did you get him? He was coming. I I don't think I actually got him, but it was a few times it was getting close to getting him. And I was like, oh, this seems like decent value. And then I was like, wait a second. They drafted Bateman. They got Watkins. That that wide receiver thing is a mess over there, man. Uh, So I don't I'm I really have zero interest in rostering Hollywood Brown at this point. Should I get Devontae Smith up over him? Do you want Curtis Samuel up over him? Maybe Devontae Smith. I saw him going pretty high. I, I I don't I don't think I'm in on really any of those guys at that point. I don't think we're, we're, the the fact is we're we're not going to get any of those guys anyway. But I will move Devontae Smith up. I don't think you're going to get much Hollywood Brown on this. But I'll I'll get Devontae. I'll I'll flip flop him and Devontae Smith, and I think that should be okay. I love that you mentioned Jerry Judy. That's a player I want in every single draft. We're getting him in every mock I'm running, so clearly there's he's situated correctly on the sheet. I have no qualms there. I just think from an observational perspective, you know, I want to make it clear I like Jerry Judy more than Cortland Sutton this year, especially in PPR. Um, I just think he is the Amari Cooper. He's the Odell Beckham of that wide receiver core. He's the guy that's – going to uncover and be open at at will especially as Sutton kind of comes off the injury there and then I think big picture a lot of it has to do with uh if the quarterback situation ever pans out in Denver but I think from a a dynasty perspective if Sutton returns to health and if that quarterback situation is ever able to get on track I do think that you're starting to look at maybe like a Tyler Lockett DK Metcalfish type long term dynasty situation with Sutton and Judy uh but but this year I this year I think my money is is on Judy and I'm I'm very very pleased to see 
uh, how much exposure we're getting on that front, Alex, I think it's uh, like super strategic and going to pay off big for us uh, this season. Interesting. You can get him what three rounds after you get CD lamb. And those two guys were the absolute cream of the crop in their draft classes. Um, you mentioned Will Fuller. I like that we're getting some exposure there, especially still with some outside chance that Deshaun Watson could end up in Miami. That would be a boon. So I like we're getting I like we're getting Fuller there. But the other guy I like maybe even more that we're getting there around later is I love that we're getting Antonio Brown in that yep. same round or same range, maybe a, even a round later than Will Fuller. I think it's a a, a really really sharp pick and. Um, Let's see. The only other things I have for you here is should we be interested in any James Conner late? I noticed no. we're getting no. I don't want, I just don't want him. I, I want Chase Edmonds. I like Chase Edmonds. So maybe that's a standard want... cheat sheet thing. A little bit of Conner late. I'm I'm a little bit interested in that. <laughs> well, why, man? Why do you want to kill yourself like that, man? Come on. Let's well, not give it Edmonds round six, I think, is a fair price, but it's not it's not cheap. So it just makes me wonder. Connor, who really has three down capability and some workers capability, and there's nobody else there. And I, I think it's just the fact that I love the Cardinals. I love their offense this year. I kind of want a piece of it. And I think Connor is Connor is a, a player to watch um late in our drafts and uh that brings me to my last observation, Alex, about a player maybe to watch late in our drafts. You tell me what the preseason tools at rosterwatch.com say about Baker Mayfield this year. Baker Mayfield. Let's see. I'd have to pull up the um, – I'd have to pull up the – let me just look here. and Let me, let me look at the – because I haven't pulled together the overall stuff for the – for the quarterbacks yet, but I have all the nick. I have the nickel, the safety, the coverage linebacker, and the cornerback stuff available by team. I mean, the thing about Baker is he has a he has a good start to the season. He'll be at home versus Houston, at home versus Chicago. Then he goes at Minnesota. The Chargers will be tough. It'll be t- his first game at KC. will be tough. Week six at Arizona should be a top eight matchup. So in his first six weeks, he's got four top 12 matchups. But after that, the schedule gets really tough as he is the, as the, um, as the AFC North sort of schedule comes into focus. He also has new England and some other tough ones, boy, right. Same as around the bye week He has two games versus Baltimore. So I, I might like him after I might like him, you know, for kind of a fast start type of guy. But once I get the quarterback fast start tool up, that that'll be a little bit, a little bit easier to identify there because I'm just having to loop between the three to between the corners, the nickels, the safeties, and the coverage linebackers. It's just noticing and some of the, you know, once I pull it all together, I'll be able to give you a little bit better answer, but it looks like he'll have, it looks like he'll have four top 12 ish matchups in his first six weeks of the season. And he seems to be available basically for the free at the end of all the drafts. And I kind of like the fast start idea because that's before, the weather turns in that division and in that yeah, it gets too windy before the style of gameplay turns late in the season. And you know, I thought Baker really, you know, he had the good rookie year as a tough sophomore year. I think last year we saw him bounce back and I expect that he's going to have healthier, a fuller set of, of weapons this year. And uh, you know, I said, you know what, Baker Mayfield at the end of drafts might be a guy we need to keep an eye on. All right. Well, you want to you want to run a simulation using the cheat sheet with all these changes that you've gone ahead and, and implored me to make, and we'll see if it's still see if it's still running okay. 
Only if you promise we can get Trey Lance in the last round of the draft. Uh, I can pretty much promise that because that almost always happens, right? Uh, let's see. So I will pull up a pull up a screen share here. Go to the Brave tab for the mock draft sim. All right. So we're going to be drafting here against in a PPR snake draft format against the expert consensus of fantasy pros, the composite ADPs that they've, they've now pulled in the NFL.com composite ADPs and the pre-draft rankings from Yahoo, ESPN, NFL.com, the ADPs from ESPN, Fantrax, NFL.com, RT sports, fantasy football calculator, also the best ball ADPs. We've now, I've made five different changes on the PPR cheat sheet version 2.2 here to test Based on Byron's suggestions, we'll draft one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and two flex. The randomized draft position was second overall. Do you want me to switch that up, or would you? What do you think? Um, Should I randomize it? Yeah, that sounds sounds fine with me, man. Go with it. All right. So we will use PPR. Okay. Let's see what happens with this Dalvin Cook draft. Wow, that's an exciting way to start. Yep. All right. So start out with Dalvin and we'll see that's we'll see what happens with this two, three turn with how things have been, things have been kind of switched up here. So we'll, yeah, this sucks though. Do Dalvin and Justin Jefferson. I want two Vikings. I guess you just go. Well, you would have been able to, you know, everybody knows that if, uh, if players are touching on the sheet, that they have a little latitude to go to the next guy. Do you want me to just go with Clyde and then maybe get Clyde and Keenan Allen here instead of going going with two Vikings since 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 Clyde and Justin? Or who's the wide receiver right behind Jefferson on the sheet? That's how I would. There's a break between him. Okay. It would it would it would need to be him or Clyde. We can just go with Jefferson. Let's just go with what the sheet says. It's fine, right? Go. Yeah, it's fine. Use, use the cheat sheet, um, and then we'll get uh, Keenan Allen. So hopefully the sheet is letting us know that it's going to get runners a little bit later on. And it does. I mean, what do you think about this Byron? that we're at the end of the, at the four or five term, we're going to get Josh Jacobs. Is that good enough value on that guy for you? I'm, it's the right spot for sure. It could turn out to be a outstanding value. And then we're going to get Travis Etienne as well. So now this team's actually looking pretty well-rounded and pretty sick. Um, Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, the wide receivers are Justin Jefferson, and Keenan Allen. I mean, that's things are going, Things are going pretty ham right now, as far as that's concerned. Do you want to go with? Uh, do you want? Do you want to just make sure you get your sweet angel Jerry Judy here? Have to. Have to. We'll get Jerry Judy and hope that Trey Sermon falls. I think Trey Sermon will fall. Yeah, he'll fall. So we're gonna get. Uh, this is turning out actually pretty sick uh, so far. Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne, Jerry Judy, Trey Sermon. Now, look, Will Fuller. He's fallen just so far now. We're getting him at the eight nine turn. We're not going to be able to get Daryl Henderson very much longer at this at this eight nine turn, are we, Byron? No. We're going to get him right now, but I don't think it's going to. So we'll get, we'll go ahead and take Daryl. We'll go ahead and take Daryl Henderson here. Enjoy it um, while it lasts. Look at this, Tom Brady, huh? That's not too often where we where we get a shot at old Tom Brady. Do you like getting him here at the end of the tenth? If that's what the cheat sheet's recommending, I'm I'm in, man. This Tom terrific. He's got a yeah, yeah, returning yeah. team. I mean, year two. I love it. We no MCL like me- injuries. We do like Miko Hardman. We get him pretty often in these and, drafts. And we get a lot of Paris Campbell, too, which I like a lot. A lot of Paris Ooh, Campbell, yeah. a lot of Nelson Aguilar, a bunch of these dudes I like late at the wide receiver position. Yeah, man. So and but but the good news is we filled in running back. 
so well with these other guys. So probably what's going to happen here is we're going to get a Nelson Aguilar. If Tyler Higby falls off, that'll be fine. We'll just go ahead and get Adam Troutman, who's right here touching on the sheet. What and happened to my sweet angel Gus Edwards? Has he somehow been? He got he got swindled just now by by your your other your other sweetest angel Daryl Henderson. <laughs> All uh, right, so, so, that, so that team turned out that team turned out pretty sick, man. Uh, Tom Brady at quarterback, the running, and this was we followed the the cheat sheet just to the absolutely to the T. Uh, the cheat sheet that we hear during the show made some changes to. We'll continue to test it, but it seems like it's humming pretty well. Tom Brady at quarterback, the running backs are Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, uh, Travis Etienne, Trey Sermon, Daryl Henderson. The wide receivers are Keenan Allen, Ju- I'm, you know, I'm sorry, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Will Fuller, Miko Hardman, Paris Campbell, and Nelson Aguilar. The tight end is Adam Troutman. So, I mean, to me, I would be happy going to war with that team any single any single day of the week. Uh, you know, Fantasy Pros gives you a B plus on that. I, that's almost too high for me to be happy with it. I'm not. Ha- I am. I'm. I'm never happy with one of these drafts. Unless fantasy pros gives me a C or a C minus, Byron. Any any final thoughts from you? You're killing it, Alex. You're killing it. Alan Seslowski's killing it, and we're fired up for a huge, huge year at Roster Watch. Is it going to be a huge, huge? Who's who's who, who's going to have the huger, huger year? Daryl Henderson or Damian Harris? Daryl Henderson, all the way, baby. 